Welcome to Get Your Fix, a podcast bringing you insights and expertise in facilities management, brought to you by Vixo, changing the way the world sees facilities management. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get Your Fix, a Vixo podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. We really appreciate you listening along to some Vixo facilities management thought leadership. As you're enjoying our content today, make sure that you're heading to our website, vixo.com. Again, V-I-X-X-O.com. For more info on some of the solutions and services we'll be breaking down today, but also for more facilities management thought leadership, including podcasts, articles, videos, and more. You can also subscribe to get your fix on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous conversations as well as notifications when we drop new ones. So on today's episode of Get Your Fix, we're exploring how to maximize services from the jack-of-all-trades in facilities management work, and that would be the handyman. Regardless of your facility setup, there are often some straightforward but specialized fixes that require the help of handyman services. It's not just highly specialized or niche equipment that needs facilities support. But regardless, how to manage and maximize handyman services can be difficult to weigh. Are the fixes in mind best served by a handyman? What even defines handyman work? How much do these services cost, and how should they factor into the larger facilities budget ecosystem? And what does Vixo do to help maneuver some of those challenges? We're going to be answering all those questions and more. And to gain insights and break down best practices around handyman work, we're joined today by Ryan Reese. He's Director of Operations for Vixo. Ryan, welcome. Real pleasure having you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Daniel. Thank you very much. It's uh, definitely a pleasure to be here. I appreciate anything that can kind of change up the, the quarantine monotony we all find ourselves in these days. So this is exciting. Yeah, it's a real pleasure getting to chat, and I'm looking forward to breaking down your thoughts on this. There's a lot to unpack, so let's jump right in. I think the first question we need to tackle is really the simplest one, but maybe one of the most important because it really sets the table and definition of what we're dealing with here. As we approach handyman work, what even defines handyman work in today's facilities landscape? And how has this work been shaped most recently by some trends we've seen accelerated by COVID in facilities management? Yeah, so handyman is is one of those terms that is, is very general, and uh, you tend to think of just you know a guy with a hammer, um, kind of wandering around, uh, you know, doing very general things. Uh, you know, the truth is handyman can encompass a, a wide variety of fixes in um, you know in, in retail, grocery, convenience environments, and sometimes it's as simple as uh, hey, I need to patch up a section of wall, or I have a loose drawer somewhere. Uh, sometimes it's more complex. Um, you know, we have to replace an entire section of flooring. We have to remove an old fixture and replace it with a new one. So handyman is kind of a catch-all for any of the uh, general reactive repair issues that aren't plumbing or electrical. COVID has had a big impact, obviously, on uh, the, the entire world and, and how we operate. And one of the things we've seen with our client base is a lot more focus on like hygiene related issues in their stores, a lot more focus on keeping, you know, the restrooms very clean and very functional, uh, making sure that there's, there's hot running water at all times, uh, making sure that the, the customers coming into these locations really feel comfortable um, that they're in a safe environment. Um, we even offer services to the extent of reactive cleanings 
when there's been a confirmed COVID case in one of our clients' locations. Uh, we can get a crew out very quickly to uh, properly clean the entire location and make sure that not just the, the customers moving forward, but that the client staff and employees are also comfortable operating in that environment uh, moving forward. There's just a lot of urgency around anything COVID related these days. Yeah, and I'm sure that urgency can create some confusion around who manages what work. So with that in mind, uh, and with handyman work being often so client-defined and client-driven, uh, and really down to just individual projects, how does that create issues around lack of standardization of work or confusion around responsibilities of who manages things that a handyman might take on? And how does this impact both the handyman as well as facilities operators? It definitely can be confusing, and every client is different and has different needs and different expectations as far as who's going to handle what. And COVID, to your point, has muddied these waters even further. Um, it's it's really important when working with a client to kind of set those expectations from the get-go so they understand and we understand what they'll be addressing in-house and what VIXO will be supporting them with. With COVID cleanings, a lot of our clients have daily processes in place where they're cleaning touch points, uh, where they're they're consistently making sure that all of the uh, the heavily trafficked areas are getting wiped down consistently, and that generally is going to be handled at the client level. But then you run into those cases where, hey, somebody you know coughed all over something, or somebody did report a confirmed you know COVID case, and that can transition very quickly from, hey, this is something we can handle at the the store or uh, you know, grocery outlet level to, hey, we need professional help. And it's important that the clients understand, here's where we can step in and assist. Um, you know, we know that you want to handle things up until this point, and then beyond this point, we will step in and address it for you. And that can really, and I think we'll, we'll probably talk about this a little bit as well, but that leads into spend control as well, and determining where we need to dispatch and when, and making sure that it aligns with a client's specific needs and expectations. When we say that uh, handyman work is often client-defined and client-driven, can you get a little bit more specific on how that actually manifests? Where does the client drive the work needed? Uh, how do they define you know, what a handyman should do for them and their facility? Break that down for us. Sure. So you have some clients that have a, a history of handling a lot of work themselves, and from a spend control standpoint, they still want to handle some of that internally. So they will establish very clear boundaries on this is the stuff we're prepared to handle. Anything that goes beyond this, we're going to reach out to VIXO. You have other clients that historically have not done this work themselves, and they have relied heavily upon third-party partners. So if we start working with a client like this, um, we have to be prepared to take on everything initially and guide them in a direction um, to where it might make sense for them to handle some of the things internally, even if they weren't prepared to do it right off the bat. Uh, the beginning a relationship with a client and really throughout the entire process of the relationship, it's, it's kind of a fluid ongoing conversation to determine what their specific needs are, uh, whether they need the exterior support that VIXO provides or whether they feel comfortable handling internally. And sometimes it's a transition. Sometimes there's things that, that VIXO does for them that over time they realize they can handle themselves. And other times they feel pretty confident that they've got a good handle on it and they can control it internally. But over time, they realize that it's not an efficient use of their associates time or it's something that's really beyond their scope to stay on top of. And so they'll come to us halfway through the relationship and say, hey, we need to expand 
what Vixa was handling for us. You guys are the subject matter experts. We need you to step in and take a more involved approach here. Um, you know, example of that might be uh, plumbing work. They have some of their associates who can handle some minor, you know, toilet gets clogged, they can clear that out. And they feel pretty confident that they have that under control. But over time, they realize that that is more of a Band-Aid solution. It's not really addressing the root cause of the issue. There's some more uh, involved work that's going to require a, a skilled tradesman to go out and address that. So these are the types of situations we work through with the clients. And just having that open line of communication with them and understanding what their needs are on an ongoing basis is really critical to that process. Well, let's go ahead and break down that process a little bit more then and uh, get more insights on how Vixo does support this process and why third-party assistance in managing handyman services might be more useful than facilities managers might expect. So I know Vixo does a lot of the heavy lifting to mitigate confusion around handyman work, and most of this comes from how you structure your partnership solutions. You do it in a way to be responsive on a client-to-client basis, which means not only do clients need to know the scope of their work, but your network of facilities providers need to as well. So what sort of information do your partners need to have to deliver on quality work? And how does Vixo manage that flow of information? Yeah, so the key there is is really clear expectations on not just the quality of work, but things like uh, response times. Uh, You know, when does the client expect somebody there? Um, How, if a quote has to be provided, what kind of response time we expect on the quote? Um, over time, we've established a really high baseline with our service provider partners on the quality of work. So we're starting from a very high level of performance and really just establishing what the specific client expectations are in terms of the timing. And one thing we've we've really seen highlighted over the past you know, year plus is, as we've dealt with these COVID challenges is that extra level of, of professionalism that the techs have to display when they're on site. Uh, things like wearing masks, working to get the manager's name to um, indicate that the work was completed properly without actually having the manager have to physically sign off on anything, just trying to be cognizant of limiting uh, any sort of, uh, you know, physical proximity to one each to one another. And initially that was a bit of a challenge as we worked through COVID. Some technicians took a little bit longer to get up to speed with adhering to some of these new protocols, but just being consistent with them, making sure they understood the expectations, uh, they got on board pretty quickly. And there was a lot of agility, both from Vixo and our service provider partners to adapt to that changing need and make sure that we were meeting the client's expectations and and levels of comfortability regarding uh, what that expectation was. And then another big part of that is also measuring success accurately so that you know, and all the other partners know, this project went well or this process didn't, and now we can address that proactively to make sure it doesn't happen again. Uh, And then everyone is happy when success feels clear. So how does Vixo measure success as well as verify the quality of your partners, uh, not only at the start of their work, but throughout the entire life cycle of your relationship with said uh, partner. Can you break that down for us? So Vixo is a very data-driven company. Uh, it's very easy to be kind of kind of binary on these things and, hey, did, did the tech go out and fix the problem, yes or no, check the yes box and move on. Um, but that's not really an efficient way of managing the client expectations, managing the performance of our partners, um, and, and really demonstrating value. Uh, so we rely upon that data. We have a variety of performance metrics that we look at uh, across some some really critical touch points, uh, you know, from the very simple, like, did the tech arrive on time? Uh, 
if, if the client expects a technician to be there within four hours, did the client get there in time? Um, how long did the client or how long did the technician take to fully resolve the issue? Uh, did they get it done same day on the first visit? Uh, did they get it done within two or three days? Did parts have to be ordered? These are all data points that we track and we turn that data into some very easy to understand metrics, both for our service provider partners and for the clients. So that we have a lot of transparency uh, as far as how the performance um, looks and how we're, we're performing and, and tracking that throughout the process. We hold our service provider partners accountable by scheduling very consistent touch bases with them to go over uh, their performance metrics across a you know, 30, 60, 90 day period. And we can use that not only to reinforce the, the, the positive metrics that we're seeing, but to address any, any lag that we're seeing in these metrics as well. Just because a service provider partner is struggling with one particular metric or another doesn't mean that they're a, a bad partner. It doesn't mean that they're doing a bad job. It just means that they may not fully understand the expectation. It, it might mean that they don't fully understand how those metrics are calculated. And so having these consistent conversations with them is important because I can't even tell you how many times we've taken what looks to be kind of a challenging relationship with the service provider partner. And through some of these data-driven conversations, we've been able to turn that around and enhance their understanding of what we're looking for, how we measure success. And that gives them a really identifiable target to shoot for. Uh, our goal with our partners is to have a true partnership. We don't want this to be an employer-employee relationship. We don't want it to be simply, hey, we're paying you to go out to do a job. Uh, we want to build a relationship with them. We want to rely upon them, not for any one client, but across the broad portfolio of Vixo clients. And our partners recognize that working with Vixo gives them the opportunity to uh, pick up a lot of business across a lot of verticals, grocery, retail, convenience store. And uh, they, they want to work with us to meet our expectations, meet the client's expectations, and open that door to, to more business down the road as well. As director of operations, can you give us some insights into your own strategies here for how you try to foster and maintain these partnerships to benefit not only the partners themselves so they feel like, oh, I am proud and I would like to continue to work within a VIXO network, but then also how fostering and maintaining these partnerships benefits your facility's clients as well? Yeah, it, it's really a, a concerted effort to have these conversations and build these relationships with, with our service provider partners. Um, just like any job, it's very easy to kind of get caught up in, in the day-to-day, -day, uh, dealing with issues that come up, managing people, and uh, it, the day can get away from you. So it, it's very important to, to set up time uh, on a very specific cadence to talk to these service provider partners. And not, not just pick up the phone and have conversations with them, although that's part of it, but to Make sure that there's you know 30 minutes or an hour on the calendar, and everybody knows that that's the time frame uh, to really dig into the metrics, talk through any challenges that that you're having. Um, so th there's really the the two parts to fostering those relationships. It's those scheduled, data-driven conversations with very specific cadence, and then it's the more informal piece, which is building that relationship, which is picking up the phone um, and and calling them and just ask them how they're doing. Are, are there any challenges that you're having? How is how is Vixo putting roadblocks in your path? And if so, how can we remove them? And that goes a long way to building credibility with these service providers and making them want to perform well for Vixo. 
obviously this leads to a benefit to the client because that means we have a, a higher quality of technician that, that works with us. We have a, our, our portfolio of service providers is very reliable, very professional, uh, very reasonable cost because they know that working with Vixo is going to be an easier process than, uh, than working with some other companies. So it's in a lot of ways, we're the conduit between the clients and the technicians who actually go out to site. So it's up to us to foster that relationship and make sure that we're all on the same page. You know, we're all kind of rowing the boat in the, in the same direction. Another aspect of Vixo's partnership that stands out to me is uh, I know that before and after your completed projects, you conduct surveys of pre-work as well as work done, so completed work, to make sure all parties are comfortable and happy with the process, but also to track the progression of work accomplished. You know, did we check all the boxes? How long did it take? What was the effect? Were operations smooth? That kind of thing. Can you break down how these surveys impact the quality of a handyman's work specifically? Yeah, accountability is critical. And I think this applies really to, to any job in, in any sector of, of the economy. Um, it, if, you don't, if you know that nobody's going to bother checking up on your work, if you know that uh, you're never going to be held accountable for what you're doing, the, uh, the motivation to do a good job is, uh, becomes much harder to, to find. You have to really be, find that motivation internally. And there's something to be said for having that internal motivation. But knowing that you will be held accountable for what you're doing is also a big motivator. So we really stress that point. You know, we, we expect quality work from our, our partners. But if we didn't have a good way to measure that quality, uh, you know, there would be no way to, to drive success. So that's why it's important that you follow up on their work. That's why it's important that we, we do track those metrics that I talked about previously to make sure that not only is the job being done, but it's being job to the client's, client's satisfaction. It's being done to Vixo's level of expectation. And once you have established that baseline level uh, of excellence, uh, it becomes much easier to build upon that moving forward. Uh, once excellence is the standard, you can really start to hone in on tightening up any other gaps that there might be. If their quality of work is really high, you can focus on, hey, are you are you arriving within the appropriate time frame? Okay, what are we doing to keep the price competitive? What else can we do to make this process more efficient? All of that becomes a lot more difficult if that that baseline level of quality is not there. So it's important that you you do the follow up, that you hold the client, you hold the, the service providers accountable to that, and yeah, you, know, you have to have some tough conversations sometimes, um, especially sometimes with newer partners. Um, you have to have some some challenging talks with them about, hey, you went out, here's what you did, here's the feedback we got from the client, here's the photos, uh, well, let's talk through what happened. And sometimes it's because they didn't send out the appropriate person to do the job, and it's that's why it's critical that we do this, so we can catch those situations and address them. Uh, sometimes it's that they honestly didn't realize that they would be held accountable. And once they know that Vixo is taking a look at the quality of work that they're doing and that this is a... Um, uh, an environment where everybody is held accountable, uh, it becomes easier to, to manage those expectations and establish that lower baseline or that higher baseline of quality. All right. I want to get even more granular here with the Vixo process. I know that 
as a facilities partner, you ask a lot of key questions of your clients to deploy the right facilities support and make sure that everyone from the client to the handyman to Vixo is on the same page and gets the right piece of the puzzle to make sure the operation flows smoothly. So I want to go through some of those key questions and why they matter for all parties. So basically what I'm going to do here is I'm going to pose one of the questions and then ask you, uh, why is this question important and what effect does it have on all parties? So first question is, what are business critical repairs that have to happen to continue business? So break that one down for us. Why is that one so important? How does it impact all parties? So anytime you are talking about a facilities program with a client, there's there's two components you have to address. And um, one is addressing their operational needs, fixing what needs to be fixed. And the other piece is, is kind of managing their spend and understanding that budgets are not limitless. So it's really important that we know what those business critical repairs are so that we can put the appropriate amount of urgency behind those. Business critical repairs are generally going to be things that um, really determine whether the, the store can operate effectively. Uh, as an example, uh, for some of our grocery clients, if their refrigeration goes down and their coolers go down and aren't functional, they can't sell product out of those coolers. There's a lost sales impact there. Often there becomes a scrap cost impact there as well uh, if they don't have another cooler to put some of the, uh, the frozen goods or the produce in. So we have to know that this is critical. Uh, if we have to pay overtime rates, uh, if we have to get somebody out ASAP on this, it's worth it because the, the soft costs associated with delaying this would more than outweigh that. Um, so that's why it's really important that we know what they consider to be business critical, what is going to have an outsized impact financially on their ability to operate, and we can dispatch accordingly. The opposite side of that is knowing what falls into the nice-to-have bucket as opposed to must-have um, so that we know, hey, these are things that we can schedule on uh, more of a delayed cadence to make sure that the pricing is in line and you get the most competitive price. Uh, and sometimes that even leads into like a, a bundling type program where maybe there is some cosmetic work that needs to be done, not business critical. And instead of just dispatching somebody to do one of those cosmetic jobs, maybe we get three or four or five requests at once and on a 30-day, 45-day cadence, a tech is dispatched to manage all of those issues at once. And there's a real cost savings there. So understanding the criticality of their issues and what falls into that must-have versus nice-to-have bucket is a critical component to keeping their operations running smoothly while at the same time balancing that cost. All right. Next key question that you ask of your clients is, do we have an existing program in place? Pretty simple one, right? Analyzing the field of what kind of relationship you already have with facilities partners. Can you break down why understanding what your relationship are with your partners already can help decide how you go about deploying the right handyman support? Yeah, absolutely. Knowing what they have done previously uh, really helps us drive the appropriate solution for them. Um, you may have a client who is coming on board who has dealt directly with local providers in the past. They had every store manager, every district manager reach out to a local handyman or a local plumber or electrician to come out and, and address their needs. So knowing that gives us some insight into what their expectations are from a service standpoint, from a pricing standpoint. And alternately, if they had internal technicians in the past that 
worked in each store and did the work directly, that also gives us some insight into what they're going to expect. Because how we build their program and uh, how we structure it to meet their needs, both financially and operationally, will often need to align with what their expectations are based upon their, their prior experience. A lot of times we can look at what they dealt with previously and use that to kind of guide the conversation towards what their pain points were previously. If they're looking to, to partner with Vixo, it, it tells us that something wasn't working before. They weren't super happy with uh, whatever their plan was, and they need the subject matter experts such as Vixo to come in and kind of point them in the right direction. So understanding what they did previously, what was working and what wasn't, um, really helps us determine what we need to do to help them be more efficient in their spend. And uh, it, it can often tell us, you know, if, if there was something that, that did work really well, we can often incorporate that into our plan with them. If there's a specific service provider that they had used previously directly that they really, really liked, um, you know, it's Vixo's more than happy to reach out to that person, have a conversation, see if we can onboard them uh, so that they can keep working uh, for this client. Uh, we've done that many times because we understand the value of those relationships and the level of comfortability that our clients build with, with some of their existing providers over time. And, and we want to be respectful of that. This one seems like a pretty baseline question, and I'm sure most clients will understand, yeah, this is an important one, but I want to intersect some timely context as well. The key question here that you often ask of your clients is, what is your budget? Where are you currently overspending? And I think uh, integrating COVID into this also puts things into perspective. A lot of facilities are dealing with more tightened budgets and getting a lay of the land, I'm sure, helps uh, helps them better understand where handymans fit into the picture. So break down that question for us. Why is uh, getting a clear picture of your budget as well as overspend important for uh, parceling out handyman work? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, like I said before, you've got the operational component and you've got the uh, the budget and spend component, which really is, is just as important in, in a lot of ways. Um, often what's going to drive a client towards Vixo is this sense internally that they are overspending or that they don't have good control of their budget. Um, they may know what the total number that they've spent is, but they don't really know where those dollars are going. They don't know if they're spending money unnecessarily, uh, if, if they're... They don't know if they're making the appropriate decisions regarding repair versus replace when it comes to assets. So they generally will come to us because they, they don't have a good handle on it. It's important for us to know what that baseline budget was so that we have some idea what their spends looked like. Because uh, that gives us an idea of what sort of volume to expect from them moving forward. Uh, it gives us a baseline of um, what they had done previously and gives us kind of a goalpost to aim for when we're looking to show some cost reduction value to them. Because that's a big part of what Vixo does is not just break what is, or not just fix what is broken, but to uh, to help guide your spend in the right direction and be as efficient as possible with the client's spend. So knowing what they've spent, where they spent it, is important for us to guide the proper processes moving forward. And the, the COVID piece added a whole other level of challenge to that because nobody budgeted for COVID-related cleanings, COVID-related repairs, uh, any of that moving into 2020. Uh, you know, when companies are putting their, their 2020 budget, fiscal budget together, nobody even thought to include any of this. How, how could they have? So a lot of this was kind of on the fly, making adjustments. Uh, 
with the added challenge that a lot of clients saw some some reduction in revenue over the course of 2020. They had some stores shut down perhaps for part of the year. So it was it was working with Vixo to balance the additional spend that hadn't been accounted for and align with the reduced revenue and understanding that some of these budgets had to be tightened and constrained a little bit. And that's why going back to your first question about what are business critical repairs really ties into this as well, because understanding what their budget is and then what their most critical components of their business are really helps us laser focus that spend and that effort onto those parts of the business. And then we can be a lot more prescriptive with some of the stuff that maybe isn't as critical and look for opportunities to, to drive down cost, uh, look for opportunities where they were perhaps overspending previously and layer in some efficiencies there to make sure that we're, we're guiding that spend in, in the right direction moving forward. Another key question that you ask of your clients, and this is something that you've already brought up, is what can the client handle internally? I think this is an important question that ties into budget to make sure that you know we're not asking for help where we don't need it or if it can be managed by internal teams we can do that and i'm sure that cuts down on costs so why does understanding what can be managed internally help shape the broader picture of when and where to deploy handyman services yeah it, it every client is, is definitely different and some of them have a, a really large appetite for managing some of these handyman projects internally and, and some of them absolutely do not so understanding what they're comfortable with and, and what their expectation with is really important for companies that really don't have a good process internally um, they're they're very likely not going to be interested in developing an internal tech program uh, so we just you know we, we pick up their their facilities uh, needs and we kind of run with it directly for companies that do have some internal techs and have a history of doing this stuff internally uh, it gets a little bit more interesting for us because we we really uh, like the challenge of working with them on the most efficient way to guide their internal techs and a lot of times it's as simple as giving them access to our, our work order management platform so that their techs have some structure to what is being asked of them. It's not just they walk into a store and ask the manager, uh, hey, I'm scheduled to be at this store today. What needs to be fixed? Because uh, that's not the most efficient process. But when we can incorporate them into our platform so that the managers can create a service request the way they normally would for Vixo, but it gets dispatched to that internal technician, suddenly that tech has kind of a benchmark and a goalpost. They know what they're supposed to do. They know the time frame in which they're supposed to complete it. So that helps guide them. Uh, a lot of things we've noticed with companies that have done an internal tech program prior to working with Vixo has been a high level of inefficiency. A lot of times these techs spend just driving around from store to store. They might hit three or four stores in one day, but only fix one thing in each store. Uh, they're spending a lot of time on the road. Uh, they end up kind of charging overtime rates because they're having to drive too far to a store that might be outside of their specific geographical area. So identifying early on where it makes sense to continue using these internal technicians versus dispatching a Vixo partner is, is really important. There's a lot of value to having internal technicians. Uh, these these techs generally understand how the stores operate. They have a lot of familiarity with the stores, uh, with the store personnel. Um, what Vixo can really help with there is, is driving those efficiencies and making sure those internal techs are being used uh, as effectively as possible and supplementing that with Vixo partners where it makes sense. The last key question I want to highlight here is focused on proactivity, and that would be what items can we address over time or bundle with others to cut down costs? 
and what items can we schedule in advance? And these questions, uh, you know, really put the onus on the client to assess their situation and find ways to, again, you know, cut down on costs, but really uh, plan out these repairs and these facilities um, needs over time in a way that's more scalable. So can you walk us through how you assist in that process and why creating some proactivity around this work is essential? Yeah, a lot of times it's it boils down to kind of a, a tough conversation with the client right off the bat because you have to really sit down with them with a list of all the different you know issues that need to be addressed and say, hey, what really is business critical and what isn't? And it when we have these conversations, it always reminds me of those uh, those TV shows you watch where people are, are hoarders and you have somebody come in to, to help them out and you sit down with, with these people and say, okay, is this something that you really have to keep or is this something you can get rid of? And you know, you kind of watch that struggle. Uh, so it's kind of the same way because in a vacuum, all of these clients want to fix everything right away. Uh, they they want to be best in class. They want to present the best face forward to their customers, which is totally understandable. But there is not a limitless checkbook and a limitless budget for these things. And I think everybody realizes that. So sitting down, having those tough conversations about what needs to be addressed immediately, what needs to be addressed within 24 hours or 48 hours, and then what can we push into more of a bundling type of, of program. Uh, a lot of times that's going to be that cosmetic stuff like we had talked about earlier. It's it's dings in the wall. It's a drawer that's sticking. Uh, it's light bulbs that need to be changed or ceiling tiles that might be stained. Things that aren't going to prevent the store from operating, uh, but, but do affect their look. And there's a lot of efficiency to be had on addressing all of that on one scheduled trip. Um, the technician knows ahead of time what's going to be needed, how many light bulbs they have to bring, how many ceiling tiles they have to bring, if they have to bring a can of paint. All of that stuff is laid out in advance. Everything is on the truck when, when they hit the road uh, so they can knock out a lot at once. So it, it's a give and take on uh, you know, addressing items in, in a, a timely manner versus doing it in the most cost efficient way possible. And once we, we really sit down with the client and help them understand what that savings process looks like for them, uh, they become a lot more open to, hey, that makes sense. Let's let's do some of this work on a 30-day cadence or a 45-day cadence or whatever makes sense for them. Um, the, the big challenge we see from the client's perspective sometimes is managing the expectations from, from their, their field management and, and their store managers and leaders. Because if they're used to having things fixed same day, uh, even minor things, uh, that can be kind of a cultural shift for them to say, hey, let's push this back to on a 30-day window to get this done. But when you couch it in terms of, hey, here's how it's affecting your, your P&L, here's how it's affecting your overall kind of financial performance uh, as a store, um, suddenly they, they start to, to get more on board with it because they realize that, hey, we are seeing some benefit from this bundling process. You know, I might not be getting my drawer fixed within one day, but my P&L is going to look a lot better at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter because of this. So that's something Vixo can absolutely help with. All right, Ryan, I think that just about does it for our conversation. I've got one kind of closing question here for you. But as C-Store, retail, grocery, and really just any other classic brick-and-mortar establishment enters this post-COVID influx of demand, we see mass reopenings, um, we see vaccinations at scale, and people returning to the in-person shopping experience, 
How do you see this shaping potential facilities work, especially for handyman services? And what are some things that facilities managers should be keeping their ear to the ground on to prepare? So you know, I think as we come out of COVID, you know, knowing that a lot of the focus and, and a lot of the budget has been spent on um, reactive COVID issues, as we emerge from that, I think there's a lot of cosmetic work that's been deferred. A lot of that stuff that is not business critical, that really has been shuffled to the side because it hasn't been a priority. Uh, it, the, the budget dollars need, had to be spent elsewhere. Uh, so emerging from this, as we kind of get back to a sense of normalcy, I think we're going to see a lot of focus around uh, cosmetic refreshes, making sure that we're getting a lot of these little things cleared up. And uh, that's where things like like the bundling process are going to become more important as, as we try to find the most efficient way to address a lot of these. There's going to be a lot of uh, focus on associate engagement and, and satisfaction with our clients. Um, I think to a certain extent, the associates feel like everybody else over the last year. They feel like they've been scrambling Nothing has felt normal. Um, they they feel like they've almost been pushed to the side to an extent to focus on the immediate here and now needs that that COVID had had driven. Uh, so I think that getting them to feel more comfortable again with, hey, if I have a problem, we can get it fixed pretty quickly. Uh, things are not going to be shuffled kind of to the background now. So reengaging with them, and really clients are going to start, and we're already seeing it. They're they're rethinking their legacy mindset on what makes for an efficient workflow. Uh, the old process of in a big box retailer or a grocery client, you have you know 10 or 12 POS stations and the, the customer workflow runs through those POS stations. Uh, I think that that's gonna change a little bit. You know, one thing we've, we've learned is that uh, we're gonna seeing a lot more e-commerce business. We're seeing a lot more uh, buy online, pick up in store, curbside pickup type processes obviously driven by necessity with, with COVID and, and all the social distancing components. But even as we get back to normal and more people get vaccinated and we reach a herd immunity breaking point and we feel more comfortable engaging in society, I think that some of, we've kind of turned a corner on some of these things where people are gonna be more comfortable uh, with some of these uh, e-commerce e type procedures moving forward. And, and clients are gonna to wanna to put their budget dollars into uh, maybe reducing the number of, of in-house POS locations and creating more of a designated uh, buy online, pick up in store kind of spot in the front of the store, um, allocating resources differently in, in that regard. So these are some of the, the changes we're already seeing and that we expect to see more of. And, uh, you know, Vixo is, is very proactive about being out ahead of that, making proactive suggestions to clients on, here's what we've seen other clients do, here's the best practices we've seen across the industry and, and helping them implement some of these new procedures moving forward that will help them stay agile and stay ahead of, of kind of the, the changing workflow as we move forward. And we'll continue to keep our ear to the ground on how these legacy brick and mortar establishments uh, fare as the world reopens and returns to some semblance of a normal and we'll definitely explore that here on the podcast moving forward. But till then, I think that does it for our conversation today. So thank you to our guest, Ryan Reese, Director of Operations for Vixo, in helping us break down how to manage handyman services in today's brick and mortar and facilities environment and how Vixo intersects with and assists this process so that it is proactive, efficient, and a quality experience for all parties involved. So thank you again, Ryan Reese, Director of Operations for Vixo. It's really been a pleasure chatting today. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate it. Really enjoyed speaking with you.
And before we call it completely, uh, as folks are maneuvering this challenge and if they want to learn more about what Vixo is doing in the space, uh, get more of your thought leadership or just get in touch, how can they do so? So obviously the, you know, the website is, is absolutely the, uh, the best place to, uh, to reach out to Vixo. Uh, we have a whole team of, of dedicated uh, professionals who are, are happy to uh, you know, pick up the phone, reply to emails, reply to those, those inquiries and help lay out the, uh, the wide variety of services that Vixo can offer. Fantastic. Easy enough. Ryan Reese, thanks again for your time. We'll chat again soon. All right. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Get Your Fix, a Vixo podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure that you're heading to our website, vixo.com, as well as subscribing to Get Your Fix on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you next time. We'll be right back.